Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in hour two of the Lombardi Line on VSIN. We welcome in our DraftKings Network audience. He's former NFL general manager Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Coming to you from coast to coast, Michael's out in Jersey. I'm at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. We get a fun Thursday night matchup tonight. And by fun, I mean, you know, we'll love hearing Al Michaels. Watch the tie closely. We've got Taylor Swift in the crowd. So Travis Kelsey is going to score a touchdown. We got all the things tonight, Michael, including weather, by the way, which has ticked that total down all. to 47. Absolutely. We've got Kansas City barbecue. I'm sure we'll see some of Ooh, that. Yeah. You know, it'll all be good. Yeah. Why not? I mean, look, this is historic rivalry and these games tend to be close. But, you know, as we just had with Troy when he was on, uh, th- this Bronco, it's a different world. It's a different situation. And he made such a great point that there's always a time when you should tear something down. I think some of the biggest mistakes we all make in football is too late. Too late to recognize the problem, too late to do something about it. And I think Denver recognized the problem in 17. They tried to patch it together, didn't work. And I think now they're going to have to tear it all down to start all over. Yeah, for anybody that, by the way, missed that conversation with Troy Rank, uh, great insight on the Denver Broncos as an organization right now. Make sure you download the Lombardi line and podcast form should be available within the hour. So make sure you check there. Also this hour in terms of guests, very excited. We'll talk some Major League Baseball playoffs with somebody who is a former World Series MVP, three-time winner, 10-time All-Star, Big Poppy himself, David Ortiz, is going to join us. So looking forward to that conversation in just a little bit as well. But but back to the Denver side of it all, Michael, we have talked ad nauseum about the struggles of this defense, the historically bad defense for the Denver Broncos to this point, which is a stark contrast from what we saw a season ago where you thought if the offense can just score 20 points, they're going to win a slew of these games. And it was Russell Wilson. It was the offense that was the problem. What has happened here with this defense? They got old. They're not as good. They've got injuries. They lost some players. They can't cover. I mean, just think about this, Stormy. The worst defense, the 31st worst defense in the National Football League is the Chicago Bears. The 30th is the New York Football Giants, according to EPA, expected points per play. 
The Giants are 0.106, and the Bears are 0.62. So there's a, there's a significant gap there. However, however, the Denver Broncos are 0.225. I mean, there's another huge gap. So not only are they bad, they're bad by a lot. They're bad squared. I mean, they just do things that you just can't even imagine how bad they are. And, and, and it can't get corrected. I thought what Troy said is true. It's, it's, it's all the things that you hate about a bad football team. Poor technique, poor fundamentals. You know, they can't stop the run. They've allowed the passer rating of 124.6, which is the, which is the high, fifth highest since the Super Bowl era. You know, they've allowed the most points in second most points in the Super Bowl era. They've allowed the highest quarterback percentage since the Super Bowl era. I mean, this is his, we are watching history tonight. You know, we are watching history where it's just that bad. Jarring is the word that Troy used, which I completely agree with. And as it pertains to the spread in this game, the Chiefs are a big favorite. Double digits laying up to 11 now in most spots. For as much success as Kansas City has had in this rivalry, we all know the big number. They've won 15 straight. Um, it, Patrick Mahomes was still at Texas Tech at the at the last time that the Denver Broncos won a game in this series. But the cover numbers haven't matched that as much, especially when you look at these double-digit numbers. Mahomes is a double-digit favorite. He wins all those games. He's 22-2 and two straight up, but 10-13-1 against the spread. Denver has covered in three straight in this series, four of the last five. Is there anything in you that makes you say Denver can get there or is this just such a stay away because there's been not a lot of redeeming qualities about this Denver Broncos team that interests you in buying in no I mean look you lose at 10 you lose by 10 points at home to the Jets you know I mean how, yeah. how can you have any redeeming qualities you Jets you, and they turn the ball over they gift them points I, I don't know I, I don't trust it I, I know this you know, Mahomes is 22-2 and two straight up when he's a 10-point or more favorite, okay? He's lost to Derek Carr, and he's lost to Jacoby Brissett, believe it or not, right? Those are his two losses when he's been a double-digit favorite. However, against the spread, he's below 500. He's 10-13-1. So, you know, the, you say, well, it's pretty a good bet to take the points. Now you got weather involved, right? You got this, not that it's going to be cold and all that, but wind does affect the game. Win affects points. There's no question about it. When you're in the league, like I often said on the show, when a quarterback wakes up in the morning, the first thing he does is open up his windows to see if it's windy out there. And he wants to know the wind. And this is going to be a win game. But I don't trust I don't trust the Broncos to take them. And I don't trust the Chiefs' offense to be prolific, except this. When they played Chicago on a beautiful day in Kansas City, they went up and down the field. You said earlier you thought a final score realistically in this game was around 24-10, which would hit the under for this, which would mean the money is on the right side with the way that some sharp bettors got ahead of this with the weather and a lot of those similar thoughts when it comes to how the Broncos and Chiefs might match up against one another. I have one last question on this game before we get to some other things, but the Russell Wilson tale of two halves to this point, I'm interested in your thoughts on what about the second half has changed for the Broncos offense because Wilson in the first half of games, number one in completion percentage in the NFL, fourth in the NFL in first half QBR. Second half, he goes to 31st in completion percentage and dead last in QBR. The Broncos offense in the second half averaging just eight points per game so is it Wilson is it second half adjustments from the coaching side is it the offensive line 
line getting overwhelmed as the game goes on. What have you seen on tape? Well, a lot of times in the second half, we see this with teams that what I call run out of offense, right? They, they can only do a few things really well and they keep doing them and they don't have an adjustment to it, right? But some of the, some of the analytics when you look at the numbers are game-based, right? I mean, a coach told me in the league today, analytics doesn't know who's playing, and he's right. You know, they don't know who's playing. They just, they just give you the numbers. When you get behind in a game, you know, you're taking more chances and your offense can become less effective because you're trying to score points in a, in a hurry. Obviously, when they play Denver, that was the, when they played Miami, that was the case. When they, when they beat Chicago, they had a good second half. They scored then. And then last week against the Jets, they turned it over. So I think they, they can't do a lot of good things and they have to keep repeating stuff. And when you repeat things in the NFL, the good defensive coordinators correct them. And that's what happens. It's like Arizona. I mean, for Arizona's a, a wonderful story, but you know, when we're going to talk about the Rams game, but when you look at Arizona, they've scored 30 points in the second half all year. They scored 59 in the second quarter alone. What does that tell us as betters? It tells us they run out of offense. They, they can't really maintain the game. And then what happens is the, the team extends the lead. They've been outscored 54 to seven in the fourth quarter. So if you're contemplating laying the six and a half or the seven with the Rams, you know one thing, the Cardinals probably won't score in the fourth, but the opponent will. Running out of offense. I think that's a really interesting way to put it, Michael. That's great. Let's keep it moving here in the NFL. There have been some sizable not line moves this week, most notably in that 49ers-Browns game, another game that we know is going to be impacted by weather, but more importantly, looks like impacted by the quarterback, and the number is telling us that up from as low as four and a half to seven and a half now. Deshaun Watson still not at practice, which I know has surprised a lot of people, and with DTR performing and struggling the way that he did in Deshaun Watson ab absence last game out, looks like P.J. Walker would be the next man up. Uh, huge difference, but, but I will say and I'm curious your opinion on this offensively. I don't think the Browns should have to change a lot because stylistically, at least PJ Walker has a similar type of skill set, just not nearly as talented, obviously as Deshaun Watson. But what do you make of the number and thoughts on that game? Well, I mean, here's the thing. If you want to take the points, I think this is, I think Mike Samich is right. This is going to continue to go up, but particularly once we get the official announcement that Watson won't play, or even if he plays, is he going to be able to stay healthy? I mean, the line was three. It really went to it really went to four, four and a half. That's where it kind of settled with the anticipation of Watson playing. And now these three points have all been because Watson's not going to play, and it's going to go even higher as we get forward. I mean, the circuits contest numbers just came out again, a point of reference to see where a bookmaker thinks the numbers will end on Sunday, which is really critical to understand. And they have this game at seven and they have this game at seven and a half. So they know it's going to go up even further. Uh, look, PJ, PJ was in Chicago last year at last camp. So he hasn't been a part of it. I think the one thing, if you want to take the points that you have going for you is the fact that Jim Schwartz does a really good job against Kyle Shanahan's offense. I mean, he does a really good job. And when you break down what he's been able to accomplish in terms of that, you know, the reason is, is because he plays a lot of wide nines. They're able to stop the boots and the nakeds. They're able to get upfield to put some pressure on the quarterback and kind of force it into a drop back pass game. And when you break down those games, Schwartz is one and eight, is eight and one against them 
in the matchups. They've only scored over 20 points once. So this is going to be an under game for sure. And as long as P.J. doesn't turn the ball over, as good as San Francisco is on offense, the Browns are just as good on defense and they'll give them trouble. The key is going to be Ken Walker not make mistakes and give this 49er defense a play, which gives them the advantage. Yeah, and, and a touchdown or more spread in a low total game. Interesting from that standpoint as well. Last year, P.J. Walker started five games for the Carolina Panthers. Team was two and three in those games, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He is athletic and, and mobile. But this, I think, is just a good reminder as well. When we heard early in the week that Deshaun Watson might not be practicing and that things weren't looking good, to fire on that number. I got a four and a half at Circa on Tuesday morning. Later on that day, it was at five and a half and it just creeped up and up. So if you can get ahead of some of the numbers, anticipating, um, anticipating line moves based on news, I think is a very, very important standpoint. We're going to step aside here on the Lombardi line. This team was dominant last week as a near touchdown dog. Will it be a different game or more of the same this week? We'll discuss. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Back here in the Lombardi line on a Thursday alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. Remember, if you miss any of today's show or any show here on the network, you can download it in podcast form. Uh, VSIN Best Bets or the Lombardi line specifically. We have also got new edition of the GM Shuffle. It comes out today. Michael and Femi getting into a lot of great topics as we are right here. Michael, because one of my favorite segments that we've gotten into the last couple of weeks is called Different Game or More of the Same, where we look at mm-hmm. certain units or certain teams 
and decipher whether or not what we saw last week is an anomaly and it was just bad or really, really good for a one week sample, or if we think we're going to get more of that the following week and moving forward. So let's start with the Chicago Bears, who this past week end up having this dominating win on Thursday night against the Washington Commanders as a near touchdown underdog, 451 total yards in that spot, 40 points scored, three of six in the red zone. Seemed like everything they were doing was Mm -hmm. working for them as they embarrassed Washington on primetime. Two weeks in a row now that we've seen an uptick in this Bears offense. Is it a different game or more of the same as we look ahead to their game with the Vikings in week six? Well, I think they will be a little bit more of the same stormy because they are their opponent that they're playing is not exactly an elite team. Right. I mean, so I think a lot of it is the NFL is always about the matchups. It's that's why week to week you can't carry over from one week to the next and just assume a team's going to be good one over and over again because of the matchups and how it all predicates it in there. Flores is a good defensive coordinator. I think he'll have his team ready to go. But, you know, they're ranked 21 in EPA in terms of allowing plays. Washington was 29th. I mean, Washington isn't very good at all on defense. Couldn't stop the run and never adjusted out their coverages. So I, I don't anticipate that Minnesota will be that vanilla. The other factor is Minnesota will move the football on them, even without Jefferson. So I think you'll get a little bit more of the same. The key's going to be, forget the yards. Can Fields protect the football well enough that the Vikings won't be back in the game and be have an opportunity to get that magic luck that they've seemed that they've lost a little bit. Lady Luck has left them, but does it come back in Chicago? A lot of people are on Chicago. There's no doubt. This line was open at four and a half. It's down to two and a half. And that's not the Jefferson news, Stormy. That is not the Jefferson news. That is a lot of people playing the Bears in this one. They have gotten a ton of support in the marketplace and a lot of money has come in on them. And I think that there a lot of people are anticipating more of the same, more of that offense that we saw last week is going to generate back. People liked the uptick that they've seen from that offense. And Michael, to your point, we talked so much last year about how if you're Derek Stevens at Circa, where I broadcast from, you're not letting Kevin O'Connell in the building because he was so nope. lucky last year. 11 and 0 in one score games. That stat that we have is just stuck in our minds. 0 and 4 in one score games to this point. Obviously, a field goal spread here. Chicago getting two and a half at home. And for inquiring minds, Kirk Cousins was asked about trade rumors yesterday, said they're not worth his time and energy at this point but this game a critical one as it pertains to the future of the Minnesota Vikings and what they're trying to do and if they need to go ahead and turn the page in a rebuild another team that has even more pressing and dire questions about it right now Michael an organization you know well the New England Patriots who are coming off getting shut out their last two games have been brutal offensive performances Um, last week specifically against the Saints just 156 total yards Three turnovers, two picks, and a lost fumble. This week, they have to go ahead and face the Raiders and some people that they know very well in Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo. Different game or more of the same from a rough Patriots offense the last couple of weeks? I, I think we're going to get more of the same, Stormy. I don't know if we've hit bottom yet. I, I think it's hard to, for me to Ouch. say, but it's true. You know, uh, Mac Jones, the offensive line. I mean, Trent Brown wasn't at practice yesterday. They had a bunch of their players were missing from the practice in terms of being able to participate. I think they're questionable. I don't know if they're doubtful, but they've got a lot of injuries on their team right now. Secondary injuries, offensive line injuries. The line hasn't played very well. 
and the team lacks confidence. I mean, this is this is it's going to take something happening in the game for them to regenerate their confidence. And if one thing goes bad, like what happened in the Saints game, then their whole team's confidence falls apart. I think that's going to be the challenge. I think it's going to take some time to win that back. I mean, they haven't been able to – the one game they've gotten a lead in, one game, was the Jet game, and they won that game. That gave them some confidence, and they closed it out. But, you know, this Raider offense has not been uh, been great either, so that you know the game's going to be tight. They just got to be able to feel like, can Mac Jones make a play when it's critical? I think they're headed for more of the same. Maybe an under could be in play. That number sitting 41 and a half right now. But Mac Jones, you know, it's not a good situation when your quarterback's getting pulled in the fourth quarter just because games are out of reach. Uh, and yeah. Bailey Zappi, who everybody at well, he certain... put him out, you know, go ahead. And he put him out of reach. I mean, you know, it's not like he did, yeah. you know, he had chances to make plays and they can't make a play. Look, here's the other issue is their line is really bad and they can't run the ball. I mean, they can last year when they went into Las Vegas, they could run the football. They could run the ball, and this year they can't. Yeah, and I was just going to follow that up with Bailey Zappi, who so many people last year were like all gung-ho about it, Zappi hour. He hasn't looked great in the, the time that we've had to see him on the field as well. But let's go to the opposite side of last week's game and the New Orleans Saints, that defense. So I know a lot of the, the issues that we saw in the New England Patriots matchup was self-inflicted from the Patriots side. But this defense, they have two sacks, only allow nine first downs in the spot. It's a shutout win for them. Different game or, or more of the same from that unit taken on the Texans this week on the road. Well, C.J. Stroud's never thrown an interception in his NFL career. He's been really good. But Dennis Allen, for all the mocking that he gets and the numbers of him as a head coach, which obviously you can't hide from him, that's kind of what it is. He's a really good defensive coordinator. This is going to be a hard game for him because for C.J. Stroud because Allen does a lot of good things defensively. He makes it hard on the quarterback to read the coverage, to understand what's going on pre- and post-snap. So this will be a challenge. I think their defense will play well. One thing about Houston, they haven't really run the football effectively. They're finally getting their offensive line back a little bit this week. They got it back last week, so that certainly can help them. But, you know, for me, it, it, this is going to be a challenge because of Allen's defense. This could be another underplay, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know Allen has not been good. He's the fourth worst of any coach in the last 20 years in terms of against the spread. Gruden, Shanahan, and Gus Bradley are in that category. Mike Shanahan. So, you know, but defensively, we can't undersell what he can do as a defensive coordinator, and that's what he'll do. The Saints offense is struggling, but look, they played San Francisco's scheme a ton in the past. They should know how to Mm -hmm. attack it. Yeah, and speaking to that, Michael, I actually do have under tickets in the account in both the Raiders-Patriots game and Saints-Texans. I want to say Saints on a 12-0 under streak where things sit right now. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys, who obviously got embarrassed this past week in primetime on Sunday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. That was a unit that in the four games prior had only allowed 41 points cumulatively, give up 42 in this game with San Francisco. Um, that defense is not accustomed to looking like that what did you make of it and is it a different game or more of the same looking ahead to their matchup with the chargers oh i think it'll be a different game i i think the i think the cowboys were embarrassed i think that's a great thing for mike mccarthy i think everybody now saying we've overvalued them i think if they would have beaten san francisco this line's five and a half you know i mean i'm shocked it's two and a half i I thought it would be three 
I'm surprised it hasn't come down. So, you know, now look, Gilmore is on the injury list. The Lawrence is on the injury list. You know, they're supposed to be healthier. We'll see. But they'll put pressure on Herbert. They definitely will, even though with Eckler playing. I think the defense plays much better. I really do. I think the defense will play much better, and I think they'll be able to run the ball on the Chargers. And when Mike McCarthy can run the football, when he can have balance in his play calling, they become a better offense. And he'll run the ball because everybody runs the ball on the Chargers. Let's face it. Who doesn't? And I feel I never thought I would say this. I feel bad for Dak Prescott that so many people are blaming all of the Saints. I mean, all of the, the Cowboys issues on him. Like this isn't a one player game. The defense had major, major issues this past week. You can't put everything on Dak's shoulders. And that's as a 49ers fan saying this about an organization and franchise that I have been born and raised to hate my entire life. Yeah. Look, I agree. Everybody, but it's, you know, we all take the lazy, not we all, but most take the lazy narrative. You know, it's like, okay, it's Dak's fault. Well, it's a little bit of everybody's fault. It's just not one item why you lose a football game. And, you know, it's like, look, I think to me, this is a game, Chargers coming off a bye, are they going to be, you know, they don't have Mike Williams. They get Eckler back. Are they healthy? The one thing the Cowboys can do is they can block you up front now. I mean, they can, look, that Patriot defense is good, and they were healthy in the game. Now they lost their corners. They lost Gonzalez in the game. They ended up having no corners. But they were moving the football on them. They'll move the ball on the Chargers, and they'll put pressure on Herbert. There's no question about that. All right, we got to take another timeout here on the Lombardi line. But when we return, turning our attention to a little Major League Baseball, just five teams remain in the MLB postseason after two more eliminations yesterday. We've got the Phillies trying to close out the Braves tonight. But more importantly, we've got a guy who knows a little something about playoff success who's going to join us next. You will not want to miss Hall of Famer David Ortiz. Big Poppy himself is going to join us live on the Lombardi line. So much more great stuff to come. Don't go anywhere on VEASAN and DraftKings Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 in pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bond and Tony with you. The road to the World Series continues tonight as the Phillies have a chance to put away the 104 win Braves. It's been in October of chaos. So why would tonight be any different? Uh, we're really looking forward to a conversation in a few minutes with David Ortiz, Hall of Famer, three-time World Series champ, World Series MVP, help give us a little bit of the lowdown on tonight and his thoughts on, on Major League Baseball this postseason as a whole. Because like I said, there's been a lot going on. A lot of these 100-win teams, the Orioles, the Dodgers, Michael, that we're seeing get swept, go down. And I'm curious your perspective from on this playoff format and with the the fact that we're not seeing reseedings and these top teams have the games that they have and the layoffs that they have for you and your NFL background like when when NFL teams in the playoffs have the bye week how much do you think that impacts them because I feel like from the baseball standpoint the time off a week off especially in a sport where these guys are accustomed to playing every single day like it's shown up as an impact in the small sample size that we've seen 
sometimes it takes a while to get going. You know, you like you need the rest, but you also need to work. You need the work. You need to kind of stay in your routine and you need to focus. You know, when you lose, you say, well, we, we should have taken the time off. If you win, boy, the rest really helped us. I think it's <laughs> damned. You know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So I, I think, look, it really comes down to the moment of who's playing the best. And when you have momentum and you're playing well, that you build confidence. I don't think we as betters and fans realize is how much confidence can come and go within a course of a game. You know, I mean, like I, I keep referring back. I'm watching the Patriots play the Saints, and I'm not making excuses for anybody here. But when Mac threw the interception, I, you could the, the whole stadium and the team just went, "Oh my God, here it's happening again." And that's how fragile teams are. Whereas some teams, Pittsburgh makes a mistake and they rally right back into it because they have confidence. They they believe in themselves, even though their quarterback's playing horribly. There's a sense of confidence within that team. New England doesn't have that right now. And so I think that confidence always transcends itself in these types of situations. And once there's a little bit of doubt, whether you won 103 games or four, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you lose that confidence, you lose your focus. So I wonder where that's at for the Braves tonight, who who are favored to win, minus 155 favorite to extend this series, uh, take things back home. Because last, I mean, they should probably be 0-3. They had a wonderful, miraculous comeback in Game 2. They, they probably should have been, been done earlier. When you look at this team and this situation, like last night, I'll give you a quick story time. I come home from work a little bit later than usual because I had some things to do. I, I come home and I, I don't see the game on my TV. I'm like looking at the score. It's tied 1-1. Why aren't we watching the game? And my husband's a Braves fan. He says, no, I, I, I can't put it on every time I watch something bad's going to happen. So lack of confidence from the fan base, first and foremost, Michael. As soon as I turn on the television... Bryce Harper hits that home run. It's a a go-ahead homer, and we're off. And the confidence is just sunk, it seemed like, from Atlanta from that standpoint. They have to pull their pitcher, and the, the rest is history, right? And now the Phillies have an opportunity to close things out. I wonder how much confidence and, you know, the game-to-game basis, they're used to this, that they're playing and having to overcome things the next day, flush it, move on. But in a win-or-go-home game, it's very different than the regular season. I'm curious where that confidence is today. Yeah, I wonder where it is, too, because, like, look, the Braves came back. They're down four to nothing to the Phillies the other night and score five runs and make a great double play to win that game. You would have thought that momentum would have carried over. But what happened? Day off, they come back and then they get behind right away. A lot of this is who can play from in front and who can't. Right. And I think that's kind of where we go. And and, and when your team's a little fragile, when they haven't had a lot of success or you don't have that guy that builds your confidence. Right. I mean, I think oftentimes the leader of the team gives you confidence. Like the other night, Garoppolo, whatever you say about Garoppolo, yeah, he makes mistakes. But Garoppolo, the team kind of believes in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't, they didn't fold up their tent and go away. They, they hung in there. They believed him. And he made a couple throws and he got him back to 17. To, you know, he got him back to, it was 14 to 10. He got him up to 17, 14, took him on the next drive and, you know, it's just some players don't let that. They have a golfer's mentality. The bad shot doesn't affect them. 
I love that there are so many angles that we can compare and take back to football because big picture, the Astros right now are the favorite to go ahead and win it all. They're in the ALCS now for a seventh straight year in a row. All Texas ALCS, by the way, which is cool. They've never played in postseason history before them and the Rangers, but experience. And obviously you've been a part of, of organizations that have gone on to win a Super Bowl. And we've seen the different makeup and structure of teams and what it takes to get there. But for the Astros, how much do you think experience could maybe play into things for them at this point that they're just kind of cool as a cucumber, comfortable in this spot? Oh, they definitely believe they, they're good. I mean, they know they're good and there's you've got to have to beat them mentally and you're going to have to beat them physically. Like when you get that kind of team that has mental toughness, like the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs, you, we can all sit around here and talk about, well, the Chiefs, you know, their offense isn't in gear and they're, they have mental toughness that they're going to find a way to win the game at the end. They win close games. And you better have the ball last or you better make the last play to beat them because they're not going away. They're not going away. You're going to have to beat them for four quarters. And that's a champion, and that comes from their quarterback. It comes from their coach. Same thing with the Patriots, with Brady. You were going to have to beat them. They weren't going to go away quietly. So I, I think with the Astros, they know they're good. You're going to have to, you're going to have to play as well as you played four nights out of seven to beat them. It's going to be such an interesting matchup with the Rangers because they're obviously riding pretty high. Sweep the Rays in the wild card. You knock off the 101 win Orioles. You're feeling so confident. And then what's your reward? A matchup with a team like this in the Houston Astros that just has all of the experience. And like I think that that really is an interesting an interesting advantage and there's going to be a bunch of different ways that you can bet that series. But to your point, the, the game total sitting five and a half minus 180 to the over with the thought process that this isn't going to go one way or another. We're not going to get a sweep in this spot, but a fun series, I think for the battle of Texas, again, the first time that those two have played in the postseason. I just need to get through tonight, Michael. Otherwise I don't know if my marriage is going to survive. I can't handle, I told you already earlier, the fact that he is a Panthers fan and I already have to deal with that. And the downhill you, battle we're we, dealing with there could we just take a time out for a second like i never i don't think i've heard you know i'm from this area okay so where i'm from most people like fill all philly things including penn state if you drive a little north and you get north of trenton there's a combination that occurs you're either a mets your mets you know a mets Jet fan or you're a Yankee Giant fan. It's kind of that combination. You'll get some rare instincts, but it usually goes, it usually goes Islanders, Mets, Jets, Rangers, Yankees, Giants, right? That's what it goes. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of Carolina and Atlanta. I've never heard of those two <laughs> things before. He grew up in a place that they didn't have a whole lot. You know, they, they that was what I was on that. TV in the local area. So that's kind of what he was put with. Well, fortunately, though, in my household, Michael, at least we have my 49ers to give us some happiness, right? So we have something. Yeah. Although we took Christian McCaffrey, so he hates me then, too. It's like, I can't I yeah. can't win in this situation. Well, I can understand it. I mean, <laughs> look, you know, he's, he's sitting there saying, why isn't McCaffrey playing like that for us? Well, exactly. You know, they've had one loss since they've gotten McCaffrey. But again, I, I this is part of where I don't think people understand the game as much as McCaffrey, when he is the offense, is can't is can't carry it when he is a piece of the offense he shines brighter than everybody it's not disparaging his talent whatsoever i'm not but when he's the only dynamic player it's a little bit like okay cd lamb why aren't they getting the ball to cd lamb why aren't they getting the ball to cd lamb where well, what's going on well if if 
Gallup and other Brandon Cooks, if they're not playing well, and you know you're doubling, you're doubling Lamb, and then getting the ball. Yeah. You know, like defensive coordinators are smart. They go into the game trying to take away the guy. Mm-hmm. So, like all this nonsense you see on Twitter about, oh, you know, they're not getting the ball. He's not getting enough targets. Well, they're trying to get him the ball. They're just trying to take him away. Yeah, but I, I told you last game. Dak Prescott, he really liked those red jerseys. So, you know, he wasn't throwing it to CeeDee Lamb. He was throwing it to the red jerseys. Yeah. You, you know, I, I look, there's certain times where you think, okay, it is Dak's fault. But more than anything, I think what you'll see is the fact that there's a lot of miscommunication. A lot of players make mistakes, whether it's communication, understanding, not going the right way, doing something. The other night, I think the Raiders had a run to the left, and I was going like, oh, my God. You know, they didn't block the guy at the end of the line. Well, you know, you think, okay, the lineman must have blew the assignment. No, the quarterback didn't point out the mic right, and so therefore the line did what they were told to do, but they started out wrong. None of the, nobody really knows any of this when we're watching the game. We just see the result, right? No, 100%. Unfortunately, we weren't able to connect with Big Poppy for this segment. We'll see if we can moving forward. But regardless, next up, we're going to wrap things up here on the Lombardi line, and you will get our final thoughts on Thursday Night Football. Don't go anywhere. This is in the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com, which of course includes the big primetime Thursday night football matchup coming up tonight. Kansas City, an 11-point favorite, hosting the Denver Broncos. Total down to 47. And as we look at those splits, Kansas City been taking money, 62% of the handle, 71% of bets. And obviously the bulk of that on the under as well. This thing opened as high as 52, Michael. But with weather, with um, the Kansas City offense not being at the level that we're accustomed to seeing, that total has ticked down significantly. Yeah, no question. And and I don't know if it's gone down enough, right? You know, I mean, I know that Denver's defense isn't very good, but this wind is going to be really bad. And, you know, and it's going to continue to move. I think once people get a look at it, you know, they're saying between 15 and 20, you know, Mahomes played at Texas Tech. He's used to win. We understand that, right? And Russell's played at Seattle. They have wins. So they're both used to it, but it does take some time to get adjusted. And if you're Sean Payton, the last thing you want to be able to run the ball a little bit because the last thing you want to do is turn the ball over. I think the last scene we saw was when Sean was giving Russell, you know, you turn that ball over in the most critical time of the game. How can you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, when he was, remember at the end of the game? Yes, sir. Uh, I have a quick question for you because yesterday – when we were doing our little why not Wednesday, looking at some plus money Mm -hmm. potential options this week, one of which was a same game parlay for this game. And now that we, you know, have a clearer picture of what the weather is going to be like, do we think that Patrick Mahomes can get over his passing yards prop? Because I think that's the leg of this same game parlay that's going to be in question. Pays out plus 220 total, but you need Patrick Mahomes to go over his passing yards prop, Travis Kelsey to get a touchdown, Taylor Swift's in the building, so we feel pretty confident in that leg, and the Chiefs (laughs) just to win on the money line. They've won 15 straight in the series. They're a double-digit favorite. So can Mahomes, in the wind, get over 270 yards passing? Well, look, I think that the temptation to run the ball for most people would be there. And what Samich said today about Pacheco is 74 yards, long run of 20, makes sense because you can run the ball on Denver. And in this weather, I think you want to kind of get the lead, run the ball. But Andy gets bored calling runs. We know this, right? He gets bored. He wants to throw it. He, you know, but I do think in this game, because of the weather and the uncertainty and the chances of making a mistake, I do think they will run the football. So I'm a little bit luck- reluctant to say they're going to go over the two, what's it, 245? 269 and a half. 269. Last week in perfect conditions against Minnesota, he threw for 266. Against Chicago in a perfect day, he threw for 303. Jacksonville down in Jacksonville, he threw for 298 in the opener against Detroit, 226. So it's been hit or miss. Now, last week, he didn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. He did not turn the ball over. So that was critical. Now, the two, the two turnovers against Chicago, they're on Blaine Gabbert. They're not on, uh, on Mahomes. But I do think they are going to run the football. I do think they'll run the ball. Last week, they ran for 67 yards. I mean, and you would have thought they would have thrown. But two weeks ago against the Jets, they ran for 204. They needed to. That was what won the game for them. 
Well, yeah, and you look at, um, I was going to say, just against the Broncos' defense, if you're talking about this being a run-the-football type of a game for Kansas City, we know that their rush defense is awful, um, and I mean, Brees Hall went ham in that spot. So if it is Isaiah Pacheco, do you like where that rush yards number is over and going along with what Mike Somich said? Because he's he's only gone over that number in a single game once this season, but given the defense and the opponent, like could this be potentially like a, a big game for him? Right. All it takes is that one run, yeah. right? It takes that one run. Like we saw Zach Moss get. Everybody didn't think, me included, we didn't th- that, that the, the Colts would be able to run the football against the Titans. But when you take Simmons out of the game and you take Tarrant out of the game, all of a sudden now you can run the football because Simmons is one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. And then the other kid, Tarrant, he's hard to block. And so, and they play downhill with their linebackers. So it's a difficult team to run the football on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but when you remove two of those players, all of a sudden now you can run it, it opens things up because now you're in the backup players. And there are a reason they're backups. And with the receiving props anyways, whether or not, I feel like you just have to avoid Kansas City receiver props altogether because you you never know who's really going to get the ball. They spread it out so much, Michael. Four games, we've seen 10 different guys getting receptions. And and that tells you when you spread it out, you really don't know. You're you're trying to find the combination. You're trying to find. We know Kelsey's going to get the ball, right? We know that. Now, Rice has been playing better. Sky Moore hasn't. I wonder if they'll trade for Mikel Hardeman back. Mm. Because remember, he went to the Jets, and he's in the uh, witness protection program <laughs> at the Jets. I wonder if they'll trade for him. At the, I think they'll trade for a receiver before the deadline. I would have thought they would have traded for Smith-Schuster, but he's hurt now. I don't know how bad he is. Could they trade for Hardeman? I think they might. I think the Chiefs know they need a receiver. And they need a receiver that they trust. They need a receiver that Mahomes likes. And the Jets are sitting there paying this guy all this money, and he's never going to get on the field. Well, yeah, and I I mentioned the stat earlier that the top wide receiver for Kansas City this season, 219 yards receiving. And then you see Tyree Kill, who's obviously no longer on this roster with over 650, nearly triple what that number is. And so they haven't found their guy yet. And I think that they do need one. They've Because they've had Patrick Mahomes and been able to kind of, ma- Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you've been able to mask and still operate that offense at a high level despite not having that marquee guy or two in your wide receiver room. And that's a great point that trade deadline approaching October 31st, could they be in the market to get somebody to try to pump up that group a little bit. Um, From a a touchdown perspective, we were joking earlier that, okay, Travis Kelsey, minus 170, just lock it in. He's going to get in the end zone. Uh, Anybody else that you trust as potential touchdown scorer, potential first touchdown scorer tonight that interests you? Pacheco. Yeah. I think Pacheco, look, Pacheco, you know, I know he wears 10, so he kind of has a little bit of a reminiscing about, uh, about Tyreek Hill, but he runs hard. He runs angry and he's hard to tackle for a little guy. It's amazing. He's a seventh round pick, but he's been really good. And McKinnon is their nickelback. So if they're in a third down situation in the red zone, he could, but if I had to put one, put on somebody, it would be Pacheco because I think Pacheco will run. And I wouldn't be surprised if he bit, if he breaks a long run. Yeah. 
plus 265, uh, the number for McKinnon, minus 160, very similar numbers for he and Travis Kelsey, minus 160 for the anytime touchdown, plus 425 to have that first score. On the Broncos side, we know this Chiefs defense is, is really good. Javante Williams is back in the fold this week in that running back room, but Jaleel McLaughlin has been really good. He actually has three of the first touchdown scores good for player. Denver this season, which you don't expect to hear. The odds have been really, really high, and we still have a pretty high number here, 16 to 1 for a first touchdown score for him potentially. But I, I think everybody is largely thinking it's all Kansas City. And if you're going to place one of those bets, it's likely going to be on that side. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's funny when I watch the, the, the kid from Youngstown play, he, he's really good. He's undrafted. Then you think about Warren from Oklahoma State who plays at Pittsburgh. He's undrafted. And then you wonder why backs don't get money. Yeah. Because you have those guys that can bust out out of nowhere, really, right? It's been really, really cool to see some of those players. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, I feel like, is the marquee one that we're talking There's about a, most recently, but... Exactly. He's a seventh rounder. Yeah. And, you know, and and so, like, I think to me, this is this is more evidence when you see the smattering of these players all over the league doing well. You say, okay, I get this now. Okay, Michael, we got 90 seconds left in the program. Chiefs laying no, no. 11 points, total 47. What I know that you you don't bet Thursday night football. You don't give an official pick on Thursday night football, rather. What are we thinking, though? I think the under still in play at 47, particularly with this wind, which affects field goals. We even mentioned the field goal kickers, right? You know, Will Lutz is no reliable kicker. We saw him miss some kicks early, and especially in week one against the Raiders, he missed a critical kick. So, you know, when you take away some of the concerns, especially if you're kicking into the wind, you'll see more fourth downs tonight probably with the team going in the wind than the long field goal attempts. I'm going to sit, take the under, and I think I would, I would play, I would take the points in the Broncos. I don't want to do it, but it's too many <laughs> points in a low-scoring game. You have to do it. Yeah, it's the, the double digits, man. It gets you. And then again, we go back to that stat in the division for Patrick Mahomes dating back to last year. 6-0 and straight up, but just 1-5 against the spread in those games. The Broncos have historically, even last year, been good at covering against this Kansas City team. It's gross. It's a hold-your-nose play if you do want to bet it. But also, sometimes the best bet is no bet at all. So maybe you stay away yep. from the spread, feel comfortable with the under, even if it's not the greatest number. But we said earlier, 24-10 could be a reasonable score in this game based on the elements in this spot. Michael, awesome stuff as always. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Stormy. Have a great day. I'll see you. I'll see you on Sunday, I hope. Yep, I'll be back on Sunday, ladies and gents, getting you prepped for all things week six. That's a wrap on today's edition of the Lombardi Line. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.